It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. It's easily one of the world's most popular messaging apps, owned and operated by Mark Zuckerberg and his Facebook empire. Facebook has bought the mobile messaging service WhatsApp for $19 billion in cash and stock. But more recently, WhatsApp has come under some serious scrutiny for some very specific privacy concerns by experts and journalists alike. Motherboard reporter Lorenzo Franceschi Bicherai is on the show this week to tell us more. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. Lorenzo. Hello, Benjamin. How are you? Pretty good. You know, we're going to we're going to talk about something that I think many people use. I also think this is more of an internationally used product more than anything. I mean, I think globally it's one of if not the biggest messaging app in the world, and that's WhatsApp. So, you you've done a lot of work on WhatsApp, and recently you you came up with a couple scoops and a couple couple kind of noticeable things that we all need to remember when we're using a messaging app that is owned by Mr. Zuckerberg's famous company, Facebook. Go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, just for context, I've been using WhatsApp for probably 15 years at this point. You know, I was living in the in Europe at the time, and I remember very well when WhatsApp became the app. You know, my friends were like, oh, do you have WhatsApp? Do you have WhatsApp? Let's, you know, let's chat on WhatsApp because at the time, texting, um, you paid by the by the message. So you paid for every message, and WhatsApp was uh, allowed you to get a, get around those uh, those fares. And I honestly did not realize this until last week. So WhatsApp has a feature, you know, what the company essentially calls a feature that allows you to see whether anyone is online. As long as you have a person's phone number, you can add them on WhatsApp. It doesn't matter if they have you on their contacts list, and you can see when they're online. On when or when they're not, and and there is no way to turn that off. There is no way for anyone on WhatsApp to hide whether they're online. WhatsApp says that this is a feature. They say that they listen to feedback from users, and they heard that knowing quote when someone in their contacts is online provides a sense of closeness when friends and family are chatting with one another. That's the official line from them. That is the official line that they gave us when we reached out, and honestly, to me, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, when I'm talking, what about what about like a a, a toxic ex? <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Like, like, do you really need everyone to know this? And why can't you? Why can't you control that? You can control that on everything. Yeah, exactly. Why not just give this as an option? You know, I understand if you want to keep this as a default. You know, that's fine. You know, WhatsApp has other privacy uh, settings that you can turn off or toggle. Uh, pretty granularly like the actually what whatsapp calls status which to be honest that's what i thought was the online status uh you can you can make it completely private you can make it only visible to one person you can make it visible to a dozen people whatever but what whatsapp calls a status is uh something that i don't think honestly anyone uses like i never really check it and when i do there's like two people using it in my you know, 400 people contacts list or whatever. And it's sort of like a mix with between a Facebook status and a and an Instagram story. So it's something like that is ephemeral and, you know, it's kind of like, hey, I'm here, I'm out here, whatever. But there's no way to turn on the, turn off the online status. And, and as you say, the, you know, the implication here and the real risk, which, you know, people like uh, 
Joseph Cox at Motherboard and I and other people, uh, you know, Eva Galperi at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, you know, the risk is that there are stalkers out there, you know, especially if you're a woman, people want to know what you're doing, where you are, and whether you're online. And, you know, lo and behold, there are multiple services online that allow you to check whether someone is online on WhatsApp, even if you don't have WhatsApp. Um, Wait, what? And there was another website. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whoa, hold on. Let's get into that. Excuse me? There, so there's apps that actually will monitor WhatsApp and you can give them information. You you kind of, you log it in and then it'll spit back to you whether or not someone's online. Is that is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was a website that we tested, Joseph and I tested it for this story uh, that, you know, it was a simple interface. It just said, enter anyone's number and see if they're online. And, and it works. You know, it worked. We tested it a bunch of times and it worked perfectly. And this website not only allowed you to check one person, you could only enter two different numbers and it would spit out like a schedule of when they've been online together with the, you know, the implicit promise. You can figure out whether your girlfriend is chatting with, you know, your best friend or something, which is creepy as, as hell. Um, Extremely creepy. <laughs> Yeah, and when we told Facebook about this, uh, they said, yeah, we, we know about these websites. We've been going after them. Um, you know, we we try to take them down when we can. <clears throat> but, but essentially, the company was like, yeah, you know, we have made a decision that this is a risk we're willing to take because people want to feel close to each other, which, which to me, it's ridiculous. You know, I feel close to someone on WhatsApp when they answer my messages. I don't need to, you know, click on their profile and see whether they're online all the time. Okay, well, so here's the thing. Let's just, let's put on our corporate Facebook hats. Why, I mean, clearly it's not for that reason. It's not because no company in the world is that, uh, you know, that that uh, that positive about their users, <laughs> that they really just want them to feel fuzzy and close to each other. Why do you think, honestly they are doing this because it seems really ridiculous. And and oppositely, you know, something like Instagram, I remember when Instagram had this exact uh, concept where you could, you could always know if someone was online. And I remember actually thinking like, nah, there's no way I'm doing this. I don't want people to know I'm online or offline when I answer a message or whatever. And there actually was a disabled feature to it and you could disable it. And I did. So, and, and, you know, as we, as we well know, uh, Instagram is owned by Facebook. So why is Facebook not doing it in this case? Like why is it to drive usership and, and, and messaging, but I kind of, how does that do that? (laughs) You know, I have no idea because, you know, this is not to serve you ads. This is not to, I don't think that Facebook is selling this, this information to anyone, you know, what, just the fact that you're online or not. I really don't know. Like maybe this is like a, you know, legacy feature that WhatsApp has always had and Facebook is worried that if they remove it, it's going to turn off some people. You know, there's obviously a certain element of usefulness to this, right? Like let's say that I want to talk to my mom, right? That she uses WhatsApp a lot. I want to talk to my mom and, you know, I click on her name. I see see that she's online. Then I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll send her a message now. If I see that she's not online, then I may I may think, okay, I'll contact her later. And that's all well and good, but why not give users the ability to choose whether you want this to be available? And more importantly, how is this, why do you let this, like, why is this feature on 
for anyone with WhatsApp. Because it's not just, again, this is not only for people that are in your contact list. You know, there's no adding friends on WhatsApp, like, uh, you know, on AOL Instant Messenger or whatever. You know, if I enter anybody's number on WhatsApp, I can message them and I can see whether they're online or not. And yeah, your question is valid. Why? Like, I really want to know, like, I want to know the actual answer. Because again, like, I, I don't believe that, uh, that that Facebook is just doing this to, for everyone to feel more connected. I know that's like their thing, but I, I completely disagree. I mean, the whole platform of Facebook was was used to drive ad sales and, you know, algorithmically create uh, the perfect, the perfect uh, profile of a consumer. But I, I think like, y- you can't tell me that that's the answer. There's got to be something else to it. I mean, you know, one thing I was, I, I was wondering was, you know, I know at one point that, and tell me if I'm wrong here, that, f- that Facebook or WhatsApp had actually gotten the person who, one of the people who worked for Signal to get them on to, to work on WhatsApp's uh, encryption. And was that, is that their play to kind of make this the most premier messaging app in the world? Because, you know, like, you know, uh, you have family in Europe, I have family in Europe, they're always using WhatsApp, like where I'm on like a few like WhatsApp family threads. And, you know, when I've gone around the world to places as far ranging as, as Pakistan or, or even uh, South Korea or Russia, everyone uses WhatsApp, I think, probably even more than the US. Is this just some sort of Facebook ploy to continue that convincing of people that this is the one place you need to be messaging? Yeah, it's it's hard to tell because really I don't I don't know if people really care about knowing whether somebody's online that much. And I do think that a lot of people would turn that off if they had the choice. You know, like like you said, Instagram gives you the choice and you're definitely not the only one who has taken that uh that step. Other messages I think also allow you that some messages don't have that feature at all. You know, like on iMessage, for example, you cannot tell whether your friend is holding the phone at the time uh, on signal you cannot see that either so i don't think this would hurt them that much and honestly whatsapp was already the biggest messaging app in the world when facebook acquired it you know they don't really need like i don't they don't really need to push this app that much they have two billion users of course they would like to have everyone on whatsapp but that's that's that may happen anyway because of the network effects, right? If all your friends are on WhatsApp and they're communicating on WhatsApp, you're going to use it too. I mean, as an example, as a personal example, like I have a few friends here who are from Europe or other parts of the world, and obviously they have WhatsApp. But then we have some friends who are American and they didn't use it. But now we have a group on WhatsApp where these American friends had basically were forced by us to use it because it's the one universal platform you know not everyone has an iphone so not everyone has an iMessage text messaging is crap for groups so yeah whatsapp is already you know de facto the world global messaging app and i don't really i really am convinced that it would not make any difference to its users you know whether this was a a choice well here's one thing i can tell you for sure for all and i know there's somebody listening that that definitely agrees with me if you're if you're if you're a single and you're using WhatsApp, you don't want to. I've like legitimately like deleted messages off my screen and not opened WhatsApp because if I'm like messaging with someone who's doing that, I don't want them to know. Like I immediately like open up their message. We're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because you want to be able to leave them on red, right? <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I know people do that. Like I, I know people, I'm not the only one and I know other people are as well. Like, I, and to be honest with you, that's, I mean, that, and also there's been times where I've gotten messages from family where I, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll answer that in a bit, but I don't want them to know that I've read it and then mm-hmm. not responded to them. Cause then it, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm being rude, you know? And, and, and I know I've, I have a friend who I, I, I speak with all the time on WhatsApp uh, internationally but we have a good we have a good uh, understanding where we're like yeah w- w- we don't care if we've left each other on red you know what i mean so yeah i think it's like i i do think people would care and i think people would want to would would want to mm-hmm. change it i i don't think that this is something that would be a make or break but i think it's it's as you said there's the nuances in this it's it's what messaging companies allow us to do and why messaging companies are essentially in this case being the arbiters of our privacy yeah, and this uh, the point that you just made is is you just made is very important. Like WhatsApp allows you to turn off the red receipts or whatever they're called, but if you don't let people hide whether they're online, that's effectively pointless, <laughs> right? I send you a message, I see the two ticks that say you received it. I don't see the blue tick, <laughs> but then I see you online, so I'm like, oh, Ben is chatting with somebody else and ignoring my messages. Exactly. So why do you have this other feature and not this other one? It's just it just makes no sense. And and you they must have numbers and stats on how many people turn off um the read receipts. And I remember when that the when they launched that feature because that was not a legacy feature. I think it was like a 5 or 6 years ago. People freaked out. Like there were stories on like uh, national newspapers that usually don't cover technology that much. On their first page was like out turn this off, you know, or you know, stories of people that were sad because their friends or, you know, girlfriends weren't answering. And like, this is the best evidence you have that people want something like this. Why not just give it to them? Yeah, I don't and, get and it. A, and again, you're really opening the door for stalkers. Like these websites uh, that we wrote about, that's who they ca- cater to. There is no legitimate other reason to have these websites if not to, for stalking. And... um you know, a few days after I wrote the story on um, on this feature or lack there or lack of a feature, Joseph spoke with the um, the founder of one of these websites, and he obviously did not say, you know, we're we're doing this for stalking. But his response was also ridiculous. He said, "quote We feel WhatsApp should remove online statuses, access from numbers that are not mutual contacts. This is the only reason we can operate. If they do that." us and all the other apps who do the same will not be able to operate. Basically saying, you're making me do this, which is, come on. That's, you know, like, again, this is WhatsApp's choice. If they turn this off completely or made it a choice, they would kill this whole sketchy industry of websites that let you essentially stalk people. Yeah, it's it's exactly it. I mean, like, why would you want to be able to go on any open source site be able to type in a number and know that person's using a device that's just really like i i don't there's not as many i mean i'm sure there it exists but it's like going to uh an open source site that allows you to figure out if your friend's work, uh, working on his laptop or her laptop you know what i mean yeah i just uh again i really don't see the reason and it would be very easy to turn this off or you know i understand if they don't want to turn it off you know that's fine give it as a as a choice um let people make the choice I honestly, it's not going to make a big difference for most people. You know, most people probably don't care, but there's definitely a huge amount of people in those 2 billion WhatsApp users that would love 
to turn this off because they get stalked by exes, by colleagues, by whoever. I mean, and they don't like this. Lorenzo, I've had, I've 100% had sources be like, are you on WhatsApp? And I'm like, nah. And I got a little, I got a, I got a fancy WhatsApp setup. We can talk about, we can offline about it, but you know, you don't, you can't figure out my number from, from WhatsApp. And, you know, frankly, I, I, I like to keep it that way. Uh, and I also don't want a source if I'm using them, especially some of the ones that I deal with to know whether I'm online or offline. Like I just don't need that in my life. And I think, yeah. I think like that kind of says it all. And I'm not the only, obviously there's, there's other people with, with other examples, but there, there's must be a sizable amount of people to, that know that. Yeah. I don't think that. this is a fringe, uh, no, a fringe I don't opinion. Think it's fringe at all. Well, I guess, uh, you know what, everyone, let's all think twice about WhatsApp's, uh, messaging system. It's something I definitely wouldn't use it for, uh, for super secure chats. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, there's better options. And, and you know, this is another example that WhatsApp doesn't seem to really care about your privacy right now. Doesn't seem so. Does not seem so. Well, thank you, Lorenzo, for another uh, beautiful, super optimistic, cheery chat. I uh, will see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, Ben. Or hear you next week. I will hear you next week. Yeah, we're still uh, in that uh, in-between time where mm-hmm. not, not everyone is vaccinated, but we'll soon be able to hang out. I'm, I'm, I'm a month in, double dosed. Gotta go, bye. Bye-bye. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So Sam, you're back. You are now going to do the cipher. Yay. And talk about and talk about porn. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our first cipher story is your story. And um I I, I got to say I I was attracted to you because I thought it was hilarious. Uh <laughs> and it's serious though. It's a serious thing. Yeah. And the title of it is Why doesn't the porn industry accept big handsome men? And I got to tell you, not that I'm a big handsome man, but I think they should. <laughs> Speaking on behalf of, you know, all men. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, all men. Yeah, all men. yeah. It's um, I mean, like all 150 pounds of me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The story was definitely fun to do because, um, like these guys have been in porn for a while. Some of them, um, like bigger guys, have been doing porn for a really long time. But it's always been like as a joke. Like, look at this schlubby guy uh, with these hot women type porn, and they're kind of changing the narrative to say, you know, like big guys are also attractive and like that's you know a whole genre of porn and it doesn't have to just be like santa claus (laughs) yeah i i like i that's the thing it's like i i'd assume that you know most people don't just want like some super skinny dude or they want like a you know a huskier fella yeah yeah um yeah i mean 
The guys in mainstream studio porn have usually been like rock hard abs, huge dicks, like these very like porn stereotype guys. Um, and these guys are coming in and saying, you know, this isn't how it has to be. Like you could watch porn and see yourself in it. It doesn't have to be a fantasy of like being that like bodybuilder guy. You could just be yourself having fun with like, you know, real life situations. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was a really fun one. We talked about like bears and chubs um, and how like those genres from the gay porn world work into the big handsome man genre. Um, and then they talked about like, they don't get a lot of um, recognition. Like you have like BBWs, which is big, beautiful women are getting more mm -hmm. recognition lately. Um, but not as many I was going to say, cause like oppositely there yeah. is like more space for bigger women in, yeah. in porn for versus like, I, cause you're right. I mean, I don't think like that's as widespread. Yeah. And it was funny. This came out yesterday when everyone was talking about Jack Black and how Jack Black was hot as if that was like a controversial opinion because he's fat. Um, and it's like, you know, fat guys can be hot too. Fat guys are hot. Like it's, this isn't a, uh, a hot take. <laughs> I, and also I've been like, I've actually seen on Twitter, this conversation happening more and more. Like I've actually yeah. just, I've seen reporters talking about it, how they're like, I don't want just some like skinny dude. I want to roll up to a whatever, yeah. you know, yeah, a big exactly. handsome man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Ron Jeremy would be happy. Remember Ron, remember Ron Jeremy? Yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, he did like the everyman uh, type porn and made that really popular. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, you can be like this furry dude with a mustache and like this sleazy kind of porn stereotype yeah um but he also had a huge dick so yeah like he was there were other things about him that like he wasn't relying on that like the big handsome man thing mm -hmm. um and you know then it turned out that he was actually like a sleazeball scumbag so yeah i was gonna say he did some pretty shady shit didn't he yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean i think these guys are also trying to change that legacy of like being cast in porn as like the gross guy. That's not what we're doing. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> um, it's, yes. it's about, you know, you can be respectful and sexy and not also, have a six pack or like a yeah. 12 pack or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Not, not be like, you know, I've never seen a carb and you can still, you know, <laughs> sleep with like super hot scene partners. It's art. So are there lots, I mean, are there lots of big handsome men like in studio porn at all? Or is, not is really. this just like, yeah, not so much. I mean, there there definitely have been like guys who have um paved the way for that. Um Tim Von Swine is one. He did uh, a bunch of like award-winning stuff in the past like, I don't know, 10 like past few decades. Um so, I mean, it's been a thing for a while, but it's usually like one guy will dominate that or a handful of guys will dominate that specific genre. And then they can't do like the crossover isn't usually there. So hmm. with these guys, they're saying, you know, we don't have to um, settle for like shoots that we don't really feel like we're respected in and like this really like degrading um, stuff that's been going on in the past and they can kind of make a name for themselves in their own right. So yeah, it was a fun story. Well, definitely you definitely shed some light on this for, uh, for, for our audience. Yeah. I hope um, so. <laughs> Uh, so something very serious, uh, this was one from Edward and it was about how there was a Tesla crash yeah. uh, that killed two people and nobody was driving. Yeah. I, 
Um, I was reading about that and I was like, okay, well, first of all, like the firefighters tried to dump water on it and you're not supposed to put a battery fire out with water. It makes it worse. And I'm like, how do they not know how to put out a lithium battery fire? They're firefighters. I don't know. Well, you'd think so. But basically, so these two guys in Texas crashed into a tree, but there were some questions around whether or not the car was being controlled by them at all, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like the the authorities who were on the scene were saying that they no one was driving. No one was in the driver's seat, I think is what they said, right? Yeah, which is, I mean, for like a like a full self-driving car, essentially. Right. And I, yeah. and I remember I remember reading that early on when they were designing these like these self-driving cars, one of the things they would do is possibly have, you know, incidents where they would crash in the algorithm. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? Was like if you were so if you were gonna like, for example, if you were gonna run into somebody in the middle of the street, they would just it would just run into someone in the middle of the street. Yeah, so it's like the trolley problem type stuff. Yeah, the trolley problem, exactly. But this seems to be, I mean, this seems to be a bit of a a problem for Tesla, this entire like this entire debacle. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> their cars have been like, I mean, there's been quite a few in the past like year even where they've just like burst into flames or like there've mm-hmm. been accidents um, where like instances like this where people say that they weren't, that no one was driving. Um, I think Elon Musk was saying that uh, like that it's not possible that no one was in the driver's seat because the car won't drive without someone in the driver's seat. Like that's a safety mechanism that they have. But I mean, the people who were, on the scene with the crash said that there was definitely no one in the driver's seat. So something went wrong somewhere. Of course, Elon is saying like, it wasn't our fault. Yeah. I mean, Elon's going to say, does anybody (laughs) even trust Elon Musk anymore? Like really? I I mean, Tesla has such a huge fan base, fanboys. I know. I know. (laughs) People really, people really fucking love the cars. I mean, honestly, okay. So I've driven in one. Like, I didn't drive it. I was in it because I don't. I don't drive, and I hate driving. But it is like yeah. a pretty insane vehicle. How fast it goes! Like, it's wild. But um, I guess the thing is, I mean, is that it seems pretty yeah. And, but everybody, I everybody I know who has a Tesla is a very wealthy, uh, yeah, tech adjacent white boy with a beard. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's it's like, I don't know if that's the demographic you want to be like a part of. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're buying into like a fan club, I think, at that point. Um, which people do that with cars anyway. Like there's, you know, like VW fan clubs. Definitely. I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm just kidding around. But like, it's obviously probably better for the environment that we have more electric cars out there. Yeah. But it's definitely, there's there's some weird, I mean, some weird occult around, the, around a Tesla. And also like, there is a certain elitism to it. Yeah. Um, and then I think in, in this case, you have two people that literally thought they couldn't drive. They didn't have to be in the front seat. They could be in the back seat and have the car drive them. I mean, that just seems pretty irresponsible to me. But And you wonder, like, in the future, if, like, if this is just the beginning of self-driving cars and people, only a few rich people have them, not few, but at least, you know, not, not right. like a, a huge amount of people. What's going to happen when, like, car, all cars are self-driving? Yeah, I mean, I would think it would be... Like at that point, when we get to that point where like it's mass adoption, I would mm-hmm. hope that we have figured out whatever these kinks are in the algorithm that are causing them to have these issues. Um, I mean, Tesla and uh, I mean, they've especially had this problem with people thinking that it's fully self-driving, even though all of the materials and the marketing stuff is like it's semi-autonomous. Yep. Um, and they got into trouble with that a couple years ago where they were like, you can't. I don't remember what what like governing agency said, but it was like you can't 
call it self-driving anymore because it's not accurate. And people think it's self-driving because you say it is, <laughs> but it's semi-autonomous. So you have to have your hands on the wheel at least some part of the time to drive the car to make it safe. You have to be paying attention, yeah. basically. Yeah. I also but, like, I don't know. But that's, you know, you don't buy a car to like drive it still if it's a self-driving car. It's like, I want to, I want it to drive itself. I mean, just like, but also like <laughs> watch, like if I ever get old uh, and there's self-driving cars, I'm going to be that one guy going to be like my day, the car, I didn't, I drove my goddamn car. <laughs> I ain't letting no goddamn robot. I'll be yelling at my robot grandkid. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh accept. my God. Even then I'm going to be like the old lady who's like, I'm going to sit in the back seat of the self-driving car. Cause they took my license away. Yeah. Like yeah. 20 just years drinking, ago. drinking Margs. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like chauffeur me driving Miss Daisy, this Tesla around. <laughs> All right. So this is, this story is I I mean, cue the music. My favorite this is, I mean, honestly, I know I, I cover like terrorism, but my favorite beat is the UFO beat. It's just, oh yeah, it's the fucking shit. And I do believe, do you, we've never talked about this. Do you believe in UFOs? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the, the odds that something else is out there has got to be high. It's just getting weird, Sam. how small we are. It's just getting weird. I mean, I watched the video of the one in Hawaii that the story we're talking about now where they saw like the blue light. Yeah. So in December, in December 2020, this is like, I mean, it was like a few days before New Year's. There was a, if people remember, there was a bright blue UFO that was seen kind of going across the sky in Hawaii. And basically we got, we got a story that the Pentagon was interested in knowing what this was, but there's no there's no record of anything flying through the sky that night. So, woo. And did you see yeah. did you see the latest one? I think it was like there was another there's another UFO story like I think last week where that like that floating like disc, not di- it was like a triangle. Did you see that? Oh yeah. Yeah, that was weird. What the like what is this? I'm sorry. Like I don't know. I don't know. It's just getting weird. I mean, I've also read in the story about the Hawaii one that there has been more UFO sightings in 2020 than ever before. Yeah, I Do mean, I really wonder why that is. Well, I think it's because of the pandemic. Are we just looking at the sky more? I think it's a pandemic. Like less light pollution, or what's the less light pollution? I also think like people are in their houses more and looking in the. You know what I mean? Like I think just generally just bored. You're bored, like seeing stuff. You know, <laughs> hallucinating. Hallucinating. Although also like the other thing too is that on top of the fact that I think we're bored, there is weird shit flying in the sky because you keep seeing these ridiculous fucking videos where something is and you're like, I don't know what that is. It's either like a superhuman thing the Pentagon is not telling us about. Yeah. Like they they have some control of technology that we didn't even realize was possible. And somehow for the first time in history, the US government has managed to keep a secret or <laughs> or it's like, I don't know, something something's coming after us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that the statements that, I mean, the Pentagon put out was, were crazy. Cause it was like, it's technology that we don't understand. Yeah. Or it could be that it could be like something that can fly through the sky faster than the speed of sound, but not create a sonic boom. Yeah. And also I remember the, one of the descriptions of it that by some like pilots was that like it defied all human technology. Yeah. I feel like they don't say that lightly. No, and it's also like I remember talking to because I, I I heard about UFOs from from uh, different Air Force people uh, in Canada who used to used to do because in in the North Pole Canada Canadian fighter jets like uh, patrol like where Russian yeah. planes will constantly fly into and then fly out uh, as part of like the North American um, like defense pro- defense treaty with the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, they would be like we would see weird shit in the sky all the time. 
Yeah. I remember being like, that was like, what? Like, what? <laughs> Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Someone's going to knock on my door with like a, a man in black. <laughs> like, don't tell me that shit, man. I want to know. Yeah. It's, like, it's atomic information. It seems like it should be classified. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like, I, I don't know. I, it's super weird. Um, it is weird. We have some great reporters on this. And actually, one last thing on this. Today, we released a story that all these commercial airlines in Canada like released that their their planes have like seen all sorts of weird shit. Like the pilots are seeing yeah. things? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, man. I don't know. And I don't know if you've ever seen, have you ever seen a, a like a, a, like a F-18 flying before? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Not that I know of. <laughs> a couple times flying into Denver. Cause I think there's a, I think there's a, a like a, 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 an air base near Denver. I can't remember where, but anyways, I've seen like uh, F-18s or I guess maybe even, uh, yeah, F-22s, mm-hmm. fly by and like you're in an airplane going what, like 800 miles an hour or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And this this thing is just like whizzing by you. And you're like, so anything that's just like outrunning that, like that's, I, crazy. I, that's terrifying. I would be like, terrifying. that was an alien. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's technology that I don't, I don't know. If I don't like I've seen enough movies to know that it's an alien. It's an alien. <laughs> I think aliens are scoping us out and they're flying by and they're being like, that's a mess. Fuck that. Yeah. Keep <laughs> or driving. Just like, yeah. Or like, just wait for that, that, that plague to take them and then we'll come and steal their planet. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that's almost, that's almost through. Well, on that note. Yeah. Very nice. The end of Cypher. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Ben. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.